I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew, my food podcast. <laughs> A very sedate food podcast. <coughs> Intrud- <coughs> introduction. Yeah, that was Try it one more time. I'm having a slow one. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Ah, there you go. Back in the saddle. <sighs> Energy's high. Andre Conoparo, say hello. Hello. My brother is not here. R.I.P. Chris Stewart. He is actually sick. He's fighting off No something. way around it. The man has no time with his work schedule. And he plays He plays a little too hard as well. He plays a little too hard. He's got a, he's got a big day tomorrow at the Broad. Got a, a ticket to the Broad Museum. Yeah. I went to the Broad Museum on Tuesday. Were we talking about on the last one how you weren't interested in the Broad? Or the art Absolutely. at the Broad? You were, right? I, not, not to say, not to call you out. I mean, of course, you should see things that you may not think you'll like. You'll never know um, what turns you on. So what was your experience? Well, uh, the Broad, I thought I, I was not going to be... I, I, I was going to be into the building itself, but I wasn't really going to care about the art because right. a, lot of it, I, a lot of it I didn't care about. You know, it's, it's all really expensive artwork that we've all seen a million times before. A bunch of Andy Warhol, Marilyn Monroe's, and Basquiat's that you've seen a million times. But it it's is, always fun to see it in person. It's cool to see them in person. And then there was a zillion other really awesome arts arts that I enjoyed. You texted me some pics. I liked all of them. Yeah, there was a swastika made of dick and balls. Yeah, right up there. I forgot who did that, but you know, good on you, bro. <laughs> and it's a cool. Uh, it's a it's an amazing building. Yes, check it out. Well, I've seen photos. I haven't um, been down yet. Yeah, I think there's a long waiting list, but, you know. Yeah, it's because it's free. Yeah, it's free. So and then there's, a, there's some new restaurant opening up in it, but it's not done yet. Yeah. Bad timing, guys. It's going to be molecular gastronomy squared? Probably. Yeah. Right now, I'm hungover, as I am on half of these podcasts. I'd say you're shooting about 70%. Yeah, because I do, and I I throw a party on on a few Wednesdays a month, and we record on Thursdays. So yes, but you're uh, you're you're helping me out with the rhubarb cider that you got. That's very expensive. It is. Your girlfriend I mean, doesn't like that price. <laughs> she does not like that price. <laughs> I love cider. I love dry ciders, and I had to try it. it's from Lou Wine Shop, which we've mentioned many times on this podcast. Yeah. Some we're we're plotting a scheme to get him on here. Um, but it's a great wine shop. I'm sure we could get him on, right? I think so. I'll ask him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great wine shop. And this is a a bottle, a very nice reusable bottle, like a yeah. Grolsch style. Yeah, like it's a, a French rubber cap. French roll bel cap. Yeah, a nice. Uh, it's a very nice, very drinkable rhubarb it's cider. It's really good. Um, it's $24 a bottle. It's probably, what, a liter more mm. than a liter? Mm-hmm. A little yeah, bit more. It's like the size of a wine bottle. This um, this could also, going back to the uh, rosé champagne granita yeah. frozen thing, Yes, you could probably do the same thing with this mm-hmm. and have a little uh, 
bubbly carbonated rhubarb cider granita. Ooh. But like most Ooh. ciders, too, it's got an apple base. So it's not like a full... I mean, I don't know how you could possibly squeeze enough rhubarb juice or what it would taste like. I love apple base. Um, <laughs> uh, bottomless appetizer. The early menu. stuff. The early stuff I like. You like early apple bees? Early, early apple base. Not the, new stuff. Not the time, new stuff they're coming out with these days. There was probably a time when Applebee's was like a regular restaurant. Like the very first Applebee's. Well, I mean, I've been in towns in the south where, I mean, one of your only options is like a Ruby Tuesdays or an Applebee's mm-hmm. or something. And, I, you know, I would say, sure, I think definitely at some point Do that was the Do you think Applebee's started with one Applebee's or it was just like, boom, we're going to make this like a Chipotle. We're dropping 15 on the country <laughs> all at once, an invasion of Applebee's. I'm going to look know. it up I mean, right there now. was one McDonald's. There was one Starbucks. I mean, I'd have to imagine there was one Applebee's. <clears throat> it starts with one. I'm looking it up right now. This is going to be good. This um, is going to be good. But so, so the cider's... 1980. In- 1980. In Decatur, Georgia. That seems early. That does the not. The first restaurant was called TJ Applebee's Pharmacy for Edibles and Elixirs. Mm, okay. Cool. I actually like that a lot more than the current name of yeah. Applebee's. Dude, that's a lengthy name. Could you imagine the neon cost on that bad boy? <laughs> a little wordy. Okay. I had to ship some in from China to finish that sign. And also in 2007, IHOP bought it. Oh, really? I okay. bones up. makes sense. What same, do you know? Same quality of food. <laughs> they bought it in 2007, 2.1 bill. Bang! And they've done a great job with it. Yeah, really taking it to the next level. <laughs> Thanks, IHOP. We appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, let's go. Well, why, don't you, why don't we start with wings? We were talking about doing wings today. Football season is here. It's in full force. What are we, week three? The Stew Podcast is wishing you all out there some great luck in your fantasy leagues. Only the best for you all. DraftKings, baby. DraftKings.com. Use the passcode, (laughs) the Stew, to receive receive no discount whatsoever. To receive an error code when you try to submit that promotional. (laughs) To receive an error code, please try again. Enter the Stew at DraftKings.com. And if you're in Camden, Maine, please stop by the Smokestack Grill and Pub. It has fantastic wings. No affiliation except for that my girlfriend's brother owns it. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> but, yeah, I mean, it, this, is, this is the time to talk about wings. Your next, your next Sunday hosting football party, you should be making wings. I, I like to make wings. Wings are really the best food, man. Without a doubt. No, no, no more delicious part of the chicken, first off. Even a, even a, a wing far. that you don't deep fry covered in sauce and dip into a blue cheese even just a regular wing like when you get a roasted chicken yeah the wings gonna be the best part without a doubt so fatty besides so juicy yeah besides getting the oysters off when you're carving the chicken yeah that's true but that's that's a given that's true i will say wings are one of those things we like we love to talk about on the podcast stuff that is not as good at home and i would argue other than some of the best korean fried chicken i've ever had I've never had necessarily a better wing at a restaurant than I've made myself. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a great cook, not say, but it's something, there's multiple techniques, and they're all great ones to use, but a wing is definitely something you don't need a deep fryer for, and you can make it home, mm-hmm. and it's just as good as any sports bar wing I've ever had. 
Definitely. And maybe more work for you. More work without double fryers a yeah. little bit. But it, like, you it, know, it is a decent amount of work, but you can't real... drop a bunch in in eight minutes, have perfect wings like you can. But they can be healthier. They can be more interesting and definitely is good. All right. So what's what's your home method? I have a home method as well. We'll get into it. Um, my home method is completely stolen, full disclosure, from one of my favorite uh, food wishes, who we've mentioned multiple times. Mm-hmm. Very small, um, not small, but very kind of um, unpretentious, straightforward, enjoyable, mm-hmm. quick videos. I think I found this, yeah, I found YouTube. it when we were living together, so it must have been like 2005, 2006. Uh-huh. But it's a baked wing recipe. <clears throat> And the base cooking version kind of stays the same. You can add sauces. This one I really like with like a sambal, olek, garlic, ginger sauce. But it's it's really simple. You're basically taking, and I recommend buying whole wings, not wingettes and drumettes already trimmed because mm-hmm. it's a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then you can save the wingtips for stock, which mm-hmm. are great. <clears throat> and you get some good uh, poultry butchery practice. Yeah. Which... down those wings. You can break down a wing very easily with shears, or if you have a nice heavy uh, cleaver, is really mm-hmm. great because then you don't really need to find uh, the knuckle. You mm-hmm. don't have to. You, you don't have to find the joint. Just you give can it a whack. Chop through it. Or if you have a heavy knife, use the very butt of the blade. Yeah, the thickest part by your handle. The one thing with that though is you want to be careful. You're not using your best knife. You don't. And, I mean, if you're going to whack at it. You don't want to use something like the Global Chef's knives we have because you can't. When you're hitting bone like that, those are delicate edges; mm-hmm. they can chip. For you sure. got like a big, heavier kind of a Wustoff kind of mm-hmm. chef's knife. You use can your, definitely use, use your base big Cadillac, but yeah, the, not not the uh, not the Tesla. And if you have a, like a Chinese or a Japanese vegetable cleaver, don't use that either because those are really thin blades too, mm. and those can chip. But, pro tip. Pro tip. So buy them whole. They're usually cheaper. Um, if you have a good butcher, they'll break them down for you if you want, but it's not that much more work. Um, and also, one other thing about the wing is when you're cooking wings compared to other parts of the animal, the, the uh, uh, regular cheap grocery store wing compared to a organic air-chilled one is not... If you if you get chicken thighs or chicken breast, you could really taste the difference between getting the shitty Trader Joe's pack of of them versus the Whole Foods Mary's air chilled organic free range or even something better. You are not going to notice the difference, especially because you're saucing them for the most yeah, part, yeah. anyways. But luckily for the wing, you know, for the other parts of the chicken, spend the extra couple bucks a pound and get the good stuff because you can really tell the difference. But and for a wing, you can go cheap. And like with poultry, anytime you cook poultry for any reason, I find for the most part, uh, 99% of the time you want to brine it too. So spend an hour brining the drumettes and the wingettes, uh, four cups of water, half cup of salt, quarter cup of sugar-ish is what I usually use. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go a little bit lighter on the salt if you want. It doesn't really permeate that much. It really just keeps it staying moist. Yeah, very small um, <clears throat> But so take the wings... Uh, you've got your pieces. You're going to coat them in a little bit of oil and a little bit of hot sauce. And then you're going to get some plain flour uh, and grab a big Ziploc bag or even a trash bag if you're making a lot, obviously a clean one, and just get them in there and shake them around like a shake and bake bag. It's just so they're evenly coated. You want the, You don't want to see anything. You don't want to see any wet spots. You don't want to see anything that hasn't covered in flour. Full this coverage. Is, and this is a very light dusting. I mean, it's it's really one of those times where you 
won't notice there's a coating. It'll just kind of taste crisp. Mm-hmm. It's not like the breaded wings you get at restaurants like Buffalo Wild right. Wings, which suck. Just a real mild coating. It's going to help once it's coming out of the oven. That little bit of flour is going to seal it. It's going to make a really nice crisp skin on it, and it's also going to help the sauce coat as well. And you use regular all-purpose white flour. Yeah, and you could season. You could put in onion, onion powder. This is the base recipe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can definitely go wherever you want. You can put go some wild. smoked paprika. Um, mm. Any <laughs> spike? You can put spike. You can put Lowry's. Have you ever experimented with alternative flours, like no. a rye flour or something? No, something bold like that. But I think I mean I, I would like to try that. Give I never even really kind of. I always think of using artisanal flours for what, baking, mm-hmm. and any because they can be expensive. And sure, but yeah, that would be good. Yeah, you just bought a twenty-four dollar bottle of cider. Yeah, a special occasion. In the culinary world, money and a thing. How often do we do a podcast? Once a month? Once a week. Oh, yeah, okay. No, I shouldn't <laughs> have bought that bottle of cider then at all. That was really stupid. <laughs> so, uh, so it gets coated so in flour. trash bag full yep. of flour. Coating the wings, kind of shaking them off because you, you just want them to be covered. Um, and then What kind of oil do you use? Olive oil. I mean, yeah, olive oil, a little bit of hot sauce. It doesn't have to be a, a high smoke point oil. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a brown, uh, like a bran oil or anything. You can right. use vegetable oil. You can mm-hmm. use anything. You know, I just always have olive oil here. Same. Um, Let it burn. And then it's going to go on either some parchment paper or a silpat. Mm-hmm. It's going to go in an oven at 425, mm. uh, 20 to 25 minutes aside, mm-hmm. and then they're done. Boom. So that's that's your base wing unsauced. Mm-hmm. But it really, I mean, it's it's amazing because I, I know the method. I'm not going to cut you off the legs, but I know the method you're probably going to say, which is, I think, a really good method. But I've found I've, there's less less room for error in this, and they be, they stay really tender. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back after your method. Okay. But um, And so then... The real simple sauce for this, kind of the the Asian um, samba olek garlic ginger sauce, is um, it's like a couple cloves of garlic chopped, and then uh, maybe a tablespoon of grated ginger, or kind of an equal amount of the garlic you're using. Uh, half cup of rice wine vinegar, half cup of brown sugar, and then a couple teaspoons of samba olek, depending on how hot you like it, which is the the other sriracha. Yeah, it's explain the, the, what the sam, sambal is kind of Sambal like. is a garlic chili paste, mm-hmm. which is, it's got uh, texture to it. It's got, you know, kind of. If, if sriracha was a, more of a relish. Yeah, exactly. A lot if, of red chili flakes. Right. More garlic. You taste, to me, you taste the individual ingredients more. I, I tend to use sambal almost exclusively, and the lady likes the sriracha. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get a lot more, I think, you taste a lot more of the actual chili in there and the garlic. Um, so then a couple cups of the sambal, I mean a couple tablespoons of the sambal, depending on how hot you like it. Uh, and then a little bit of soy sauce, or you can use fish sauce, depending on mm. how you like it. Uh, and then you're just you're going to start with um, just putting in just a tiny touch of oil, sauteing the garlic and ginger a little bit, uh, adding in the rice wine vinegar, and then adding in, once that's kind of going, the brown sugar. Once the brown sugar's in there, you don't want it to cook too long. Uh, I mean, it's, this sauce takes f- three minutes, four mm-hmm. minutes to make. Um, and then the soy, and stir in the sambal, and let it kind of cook down to whatever consistency you like, if you want it thinner, thicker. And then you're just tossing those wings in it. Yeah, as soon as they come out of the oven, get a, your big, big metal mixing bowl, pour in the sauce, 
And, and it's toss those wings around. I will it. say this is one of the few dishes I've consistently made for years and years and years that will get the most impressed. Like, what is this wing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, this is a stolen <clears throat> recipe, and I'm not that good of a cook. But this is one of those things that will come out and be like, holy yeah. shit! Like, this is amazing. What is this blender. wing? I'm like, it just went in the oven. When you so then you'll just dump those out onto a plate or a bowl, pile them up, and yeah. then I mean you can even still you can still even serve them with like ranch or mm-hmm. or blue cheese if you want. It's just mm-hmm. you know it's just a different dressing on it, but they're also really great without any sauce other than what you just made and tossed them in. I think it'd be nice to maybe garnish that with a little uh, chopped green onion and some sesame seeds. Maybe? I was just gonna say I usually finish the plate with a little bit of scallion and sesame seed on top, mm-hmm. just for look, Which is, and it's a great look. just to get that to pop. You can still do celery and carrots. You know, it's like when, that's always great. When, oh, and if you're doing wings and you're going to serve celery and carrots, make sure you've got those celery and carrots soaking in an ice bath. Mm. Moments, just like pull them out as the wings are being served. Nobody to, likes a room temperature. That's to keep carrot. them cold yeah. and crisp and refreshing. Yeah. But you also, and this reminds me too, I forgot to mention, you do, if you can, like any kind of meat that you're cooking, you usually want to get it to room temperature if you can. So mm-hmm. have the wings kind of sitting out for half an hour, hour, mm-hmm. you know, while you're prepping or making things. Or if you're pulling them out and breaking them down, just leave them there on the counter because they're yep. going to cook quickly. And have them out uh, uncovered. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that type of air circulation on it will help another thing. dry if, out the, the, uh, the, the surface and get the skin crispier. If you do want to break them down um, and then let them sit uncovered in the refrigerator overnight before you do the oil and the flour mixture... That's going to help get a little bit of a crispier skin, too. Mm-hmm. Or even days. Uh, I've seen... I, I was just watching this recipe of of doing a whole roasted chicken, and they... Crispiest cooked roast chicken skin ever, and it's like you, they, sal- you salt it and leave it uncovered for two days. You hang it in the fridge by a hook. Oh, is that... That's um f- the the PBS thing, right? I or think no? no. I think it was on... It was on Chef Steps, I think. Chef steps. And they they do it, maybe it wasn't actually, but then they do it uh, un. They don't put anything on it. They just salt it, put it in the fridge, and let it hang air dry for three days. Wow. Or maybe more. And the skin turns completely clear. Yeah. The whole thing looks like creepy and red and. It's bizarre looking. Bizarre looking. And then, <clears throat> then you roast the whole thing hanging in the oven as well. And that's it. And it gets like crazy crispy. But um, when you're eating the wings, do you do the bone pull-out method? Definitely. So you, you grab the the bone. The small wing of the drumette. No, I mean the, the wingette. The wingette. The small Give the bone, bone a little twist and a pull-out. Yep. For easier munching. Definitely. That's good. But, I mean, there's times, depending on how many wings you're eating, sometimes I'll even pull the skin off. When you're into your like twelfth wing and you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> How many wings can you eat in one sitting? I could eat so many wings. Yeah, I mean, I think you lose track if it's a good football party because you forget how many beers you've had, you forget how many wings you've eaten, how much onion dip was originally inside the dip bowl before. Oh, I, like, I haven't made onion it's dip. It's just yet. there's just so many good things at a good football party. It's my, I mean, short of Thanksgiving, it is my favorite party. And I don't even even, even you when mean you, like a Super Bowl party. Or it's a little any... party, or just like somebody who really goes all out for their team on a Sunday. Like if you tell me someone's like, "Oh, they just got some fresh clams," or they got the, 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 got this great stuff, and I'm going to make it. I'm like, eh. 
But if you tell me like you're a Bengals fan, which there are very few left, and I'm coming over to your house and you love making, I mean, I'm like, look, how bad can it be? Probably. But I guess one of the the first food podcasts I was on, one of the first two I was on, there was somebody talking about how they went to a Super Bowl party and the food was terrible. Yeah. Which is, I've never been to one where it was that bad. But it'll well that that says something about your company yeah. and your and your taste in friends. There you but go. there are so, there are thousands of how houses and homes every week having the shittiest food at a, at a football viewing party. I mean, even a homemade queso is a thing of magic that's not that hard to do. Homemade queso. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say my wing method. Yes. No, what do you mean? Also stolen. Yes. I think from Alton Brown. From AB. But uh, you you steam the wings for 15 minutes. <clears throat> just regular, I think, you salt them and then steam them. Just like put a little steamer basket. Steamer basket in, the, in a pot of boiling water, like an inch of water. Steam them for 15. You can, I've experimented with adding other aromatics to the boiling water, and I'm sure it doesn't really do anything to it. Makes the house smell nice. Makes yeah, you know, you can drop some black peppercorns and some lemon wedges and some rosemary sprigs and garlic and, or onions and garlic and onions and convince yourself that it's going to make it taste better. Mm. But you, you probably won't. it's really get, it's really penetrating that skin in this fifteen <laughs> minute steam right here. Can't um, hurt. And then you pull the wings out. You put them on parchment paper, or I mean, you put them on a on a rack in on a cookie sheet. With a with a little rack, so they're elevated. Put them in the fridge for an hour, and maybe that's what I didn't do. The times I've tried it, that's the that's the key method. You put them in the fridge for an hour, and what that will do is all the when you steam it, it kind of like really loosens up the connective tissue between the skin and the flesh. It's rendering out a lot of fat too. Render, yeah, it renders out a lot of fat, and it, which and is it, not necessarily a good thing. It can be a good thing. I that's think that's true. It, it's good and bad. Yeah. You don't really miss. You don't really miss the fat when you eat the final product, um, but it does cook out a lot of a lot of that fat. So if you're health conscious, I guess that's good, a good thing. A plus. But you then you chill it down for an hour in the fridge, and that will really get the skin separated from the from the wing. And then from there, you would season it, you know, salt and pepper, and then hit it with a little flour or cornstarch. Same way, just lightly covered, and then high heat baking. The wings are already cooked. Yeah. So super high, super high heat to crisp up the skin, and then you're good to go from there. And then another method which I've seen that you can do that might be even better is pressure cook steam them. Right. Which could probably be a lot better. It'll. I think that'll help break the the flesh off of the bone and have it be a little more juicier and succulent and easier to pull off when i did that recipe and then all that nothing is escaping it's all being in it's all in there I tried it a few times and my wings came out a little dry i didn't refrigerate them that's that's definitely the the key element and i think that's kind of that's where i was talking about there's a little more you have to pay a little bit more attention of what's going on and and stay on top of it also to me, if you're doing large batches, it, you don't want that chicken stacked too high in the steamer basket. Yeah. You kind of want them individually mm-hmm. placed. 
Yeah, so I would, I would recommend depending on what halfway you through, toss those wings around so the ones on top are, are getting some love as well. Yeah, or they, I mean, they're going to cook a lot less. It's going to be kind of uneven if they're, if there's too many stacked, they're too high. And I don't know how many people have a steaming tray big enough to do a large batch at a yeah. time. You have to go and you have to go do multiple batches. Um, well, the, the good part about that is that can all be done, you know, a day before right. or that morning. You can, you can steam off. You know, a hundred wings in in batches, yep. and have them all just sitting in the fridge. They're already cooked, ready to go, and then you just zap them in the oven until they're crispy. I mean, I, the ones you've made are very good, and they came out much better than mine. Thank you. So I will much. say that. Thank you so much. But then, so how are you doing your traditional buffalo sauce? I I, I don't really mess with that. Butter and I, Frank's. Butter and Frank's. Yeah. There's no, there's no better way. Butter and Frank's, super thick and chunky blue cheese. Yes, always blue cheese. And then, you know, when I'm eating them, the celery sticks and the carrot sticks are almost 50-50 enjoyable for me. If not, me a little too. Bit more sometimes. I get really sad when it's just wings. Yeah. That is a labor-intensive process, breaking down a bunch of carrots, though. It is. Celery is a little easier. You can easier, buy it but... pre-cut, though, if yeah. you're lazy. Yeah. But that's probably bad. Um, and so I read a little bit about the history of the Buffalo wing <laughs> started at the anchor bar in the sixties in Buffalo that I knew I, I didn't, they would be older than that. No. Nah. And there's like four tales of how the wing was created, why it was created. Wings or tails? Um, it was a, a husband and wife who owned the anchor bar in upstate New York and Buffalo. And... No, it will. The version that he told, I guess, in the New Yorker in the 80s was a very simple and <coughs> that they just got a huge shipment of wings when they were expecting thighs and drums and they didn't know what to do with them and they couldn't return them. So Mother, the necessity of invention, um, came up with the wing and tried multiple different ways of cooking stewing and she just drops them in a fryer instead of the french fries and that was the birth no of the buffalo wing yeah you would think that they would be invented so much earlier than that but hey who knows necessity the mother of invention mother is i take the all that back of invention i take all that back <laughs> i was like something sounded wrong um but yeah so you know it's it's a a piece of the chicken that is definitely neglected I feel like, other than actually being made into a wing. Yeah. And it's a really great, great piece of chicken. It really is. Salute to you, wing. Yeah. Now everyone who's listening to this is going to be like, I want some fucking wings. Hats off. Uh, but I will say that if you have to buy a wing in L.A., where do you go? Um, you're talking about bar food wing? Any, any wing. Any restaurant. Obi Bear. Obi Bear in Obi Koreatown. Bear. And I think it's there's letters O, B, B, and then bear, and then the word bear. Yeah, um, that's without a doubt my favorite spicy Korean chicken wing in LA. Yeah. I think we all have our favorites, and I, I've yet to meet a Korean chicken wing I don't have not liked. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my favorites without a doubt. I was just gonna say though that the Koreans have the fried chicken game locked down beyond. Anything I've ever had from anyone, period. Absolutely. I mean, 
Which is why Koreans are the best. Our friend Jeff makes an amazing fried chicken, and I think it's as good as kind of American fried chicken I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, it's excellent. But uh, the Korean fried chicken games is too strong. They're too good at it. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, never really talked to somebody, you know, in the back of the house, you know, with the secrets. But I know that they do a colder fry for a lot longer, cooking times of 25 minutes, an hour. Sometimes, Whoa. you know, like I've heard rumors that they'll pre-fry that long and then kind of heat them up in the fryer. Uh, Much like frying, a French fry. Frying in butter. Yeah. I mean, the, all kinds of these rumors I've heard floated frying around. Frying butter is so wild. I know, but I mean, there's some, they make some kind of weird argument that somehow it's healthier because of how it I mean, seals I, the meat and then it doesn't ever taste any greasier to me. That makes sense. But, I don't know. But also, like, have you ever fried, deep fried anything in butter? I've deep fried very little, so no, not at all. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had anything deep fried in butter. Just the thought of it is crazy. I guess you'd have to use clarified butter, right? Or else it'll burn. I mean, any, a fresh wing from Kyochan is better than 99% of wings I've ever had in my life. True. Koreans, well done. Wings, well done. Hats off to you, Koreans. Let's, um, keeping up with Asian and, and, uh, garlicky saucy things mm-hmm. we were we were talking about the uh about poke last time and there's mm-hmm. a place that we go to in here in la called ohana without a doubt by far the best of any poke restaurant in los angeles in my opinion i it, it's my favorite as well but i went there a couple days ago uh-oh uh, my girlfriend uh, it's a and, big butt. and i have befriended the owner Ooh. and his wife and we got we got our haircut by the same person, Victor. Victor, she. Uh, I'm, I met the kids. <laughs> were they in Were they in the shop, or they just brought you home? They were at the barber service? shop. They're at the barber oh, shop. Nice. But also on the menu, they have like four or five different poke bowls. They have a spam masubi. Really good spam masubi. But it is very good. They put a shisa leaf in there. Secret menu. They also have not a secret, but it's on the menu. They have the Hawaiian garlic shrimp. Yes. Have you had that? I have not. I ordered it a couple days ago. It's it's basically Frank's red hot and butter. <coughs> it's and so shrimp. good. I mean that's that's all Well if if you've been to Hawaii and It's very good. On the North Shore, they're very famous for having these food trucks that sell garlic, butter, fry you know, sauteed shrimp. Yeah. Just like shrimp scampi, whole shrimp sauteed in a bunch of garlic and butter and some spicy it's what boiling crab and boathouse don't do as well as what you're describing mm-hmm. but it's a similar thing and after a day at the beach you know that and, and a it's beer, not usually so shell on like it is at boiling crab was it served shell on uh it was just the outer shell it wasn't the whole whole crazy okay. shell yeah but it was served you, you a lot of times you don't they're not shell on when you get them in hawaii these ones are shell on okay which was a little annoying um when you're getting in there with a bunch of sauce all over your fingers. But, but it's classically served in Hawaii. You know, it's like two scoops of white rice and the shrimp. Yes. Because everything comes with two scoops of rice. So at, at this spot, you get, it's basically a bowl, and the whole bottom of it is rice. It was white rice. Nice. Bunch of shrimp, tons of garlic and, and sauce, everything. Scoop of crab meat. What? Scoop of macaroni salad. And the the crab, whole, yeah, macaroni salad, super Hawaiian. Yeah. The crab whole, the meat, whole thing is huge value added, but that's uh, not thirteen usual. bucks. Yeah, full meal, 
So was good. it real crab? No. Crab. It's, it's just like the... K-R-A-B? K-R-A-B crab. Right. Yeah. Which I don't mind. It, it, it's a nice, cool little contrast to the kind of spicy, garlicky hot shrimp. I think that, but that it's so good. I highly recommend it. It's it's something that you would not normally order off that uh, a poke restaurant menu. The place is decorated not like a pink berry, like we talked about in the last podcast. <laughs> it's really nice to be in. It's small, but it's nice to be in. They have a small bar. They have beer and wine, and also a happy hour, which ah. I took advantage of. All the beer. They have a great beer program. Yeah, really good, good. stuff, and also like a nice little selection of wines you can get. And the the beers are three dollars and the wines are five dollars during happy hour. That's great. So you can get some Hawaiian garlic shrimp with macaroni salad and a glass of sparkling wine. So nice on a hot day. So you're on your third scrimshaw pilsner as everybody in yoga pants is walking in fresh out of Yeah. Pilates. I've been I've been I think it's a summertime thing. I've been doing a lot of lunch beering. Mm-hmm. Which is not good for my body. So European. <laughs> Just one beer only. I that, feel like I think that's. I mean, yeah, that's not a. It's like yeah. having a Coke. It's like having a Coke if you're having a full sugar soda. Absolutely, absolutely, it's the same thing. I think it's something that happens older in in your older age. It's like when you go to Philippe's and you see like the plus sixty crowd and no one isn't having a bud bottle with their French dip. <clears throat> yeah, at like ten in the morning. I think you you just have to. I don't know if it's a sign of giving up on life or if it's no. realizing that Embracing you can it. have p- pleasure at all times. Right. I recommend I recommend just getting one one beer at lunch to uh, take the edge off. I find all the ingredients exceptionally cleaner at mm. Ohana. I like that you know it's very LA, but you can get kale. Like olive oil rubbed mm-hmm. kale instead of rice. Mm-hmm. You can also mix and match, so you can do like half brown rice, half kale, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the poke is, is the quality of the fish is better than I've had at any of the places it's I've tried. Um, uh, not I, the cheapest thing in the world, but also not overly expensive. Ten dollars or fourteen dollars, depending on your size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Definitely not bad for the quality. The quality definitely. You don't want to underpay for a, uh, a raw fish dish anywhere. Very you don't true. want to feel like you're really getting over on the man with poke. Very true. There's 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 a lot of room for error. Yeah. Uh, a few other restaurants I went to in L.A. recently. Hmm. I went to get Korean barbecue at a place called Quarters. Mm. Have you heard of it? No. It's good. It's uh it's called Quarters because all all the they have a bunch of different meats you know in order to eat you have to actually play quarters and beat <laughs> beat the chef you or else the chef. you leave you all all of the meat is available in quarter pound increments oh, okay so you can just get a little bit of things or a lot of things if you want um you don't have to get the 34 dollar platter or whatever but i was not the 20 dollar all you can eat all you can eat yep which is usually a good thing to avoid unless you really know the place yes you do it well um, it took me a long time to learn that. I've eaten a lot of all you can eat. Seventeen ninety nine meals where I just Tahoe used to kill it, man. Until they changed ownership. Tahoe had a good run of being a really, really quality yeah. all you can eat. I feel like the the days of real 
I mean, if we're if I'm upset about this, imagine how Koreans feel. Like when we first started going to Korean barbecue when we were in our, you know, early 20s, it was still kind of a wild west. Like Oh yeah. Whitey was not in there so so much. No, not at all. Play, the the place that we went to had a smoking section. Oh yeah. Which you would never see. Not anymore. So it was amazing. you you could be I always, I always because the round eyes stayed out, man. And they got away with shit. <laughs> I always hearken we back to it. those times where it's the ultimate pleasure in of of consumption, where you have a glass of soju, you have a chopstick full of sizzling beef that you just cooked yourself. You got a cigarette in one hand. Not me, but other people. Dodger game somewhere in the playing in the restaurant. Yeah, Dodgers playing, and you're just looking at these. Korean businessmen just like this is this is living. I'm doing it all. And, and they've got soju bottles stacked up like they're drinking Budweiser's too. Mm. There's like 8 or 9 that have been taken down so fast they couldn't even clear them yet. Yeah. I love those guys. Um but quarters they do I went there with six people and they have the this family sampler thing for six people. It's 130 bucks. So it comes out to roughly 20 20 ahead. Not bad. Not bad. And the thing that I like about this place, first off, is when you sit down, all the table is completely set, and all of your banchan is already there. Mm. It's not a lot, but it's all very good. Um, how, so, many, how many varieties do you think? Six, seven? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. It's not the Genoa 13? It's not the Genoa yeah, Baker's it's dozen? A norm, it's, a, it's a good amount, but the, the table is full of foods. Before you even sit down... Yeah. There's two bottles of cold water ready to fill up. Turn them and burn them. There's two different salads. There's a bunch of banchons. There's the egg custard sizzling. There's uh, kimchi soup. Really? Tons of stuff. Wow. And then they cook everything for you. You don't touch anything. All the meat. There was about eight different cuts of meat that were served during the whole meal. You don't. You don't touch anything. They... Do three grill changes, and there's a sequence that they serve the meats in, not unlike a omakase at a Japanese sushi restaurant. Is it based on the meat? Is it like poultry, pork, beef? The, it, it's I don't understand the, the science of it, but it starts with just the regular thin um, brisket, mm-hmm. the the kind of the most popular Korean barbecue yep. meat, and then it ends with a spicy marinated pork. But in between, there's Three or four different kinds of beef, and four, three or four different kinds of pork. There's there's pork jowl, there's mm-hmm. pork belly, mm-hmm. there's regular pork loin, there's marinated spicy pork, there's beef, um, beef loin, brisket, ribeye, ribeye. Yeah, there's like a whole the ribeye steak. Then probably marinated bulgogi. There's yeah, there and there, there's a marinated one. There's one that's just marinated in like parsley and garlic. Whoa! And they'll they'll cook it all, put a bunch of veggies on, and then there also is a cheese fondue, which is a little ramekin. What? That is always living on your grill in the corner, and it's filled with a bunch of cheese. Like the NSA watching you. <laughs> that ramekin yeah, just sits there. And it, and big it, brother they, cheese. They put it on. It's a it's a cold ramekin filled with shredded cheese. And after 10 minutes, it's gooey, cheesy dipping sauce. That's awesome. So then all of your veggies that have been cooking in the meat fat, all the mushrooms and the 
onions and the peppers and the zucchini and all that stuff. You grab those, dip them in the melted cheese, and it's it's very good. Twenty five bucks a person. That's a steal. Twenty. They're twenty. It's great. One thirty for six people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seriously. I recommend it. Um, you should check that out. I didn't. I probably didn't check my Facebook. Didn't get an invite to the meal. It was a it was I a girlfriend's family dinner that I was invited to. Tell myself what's up. But we can go. I would love to go. And also speaking of Asians, I wanted to suggest an idea that my girlfriend and I have been doing lately in terms of the fridge clearing meal. A lot of times, you know, end of the week, you have a bunch this, of... So this is not going to be a frittata or a risotto. It's not a frittata or a risotto, which are also good fridge clearers. Or a pasta. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. But this is all all the little, you know, re- weird veggie scraps that you have, that cucumber that's just sitting there that you're not going to use. Can of four loco in the back. Can of four loco, you know, the three quarters of the block of tofu that's been in there for a week. Whatever it might be, <clears throat> you know, any any type of meats or veggies or other fillers, um, you throw a spring roll party. And I've done this twice. I did this the first time when uh, we went to Joshua Tree. I went to Trader Joe's, bought like a bunch of groceries, made every meal for like three days, and then on the last night, just took everything, and I had the... Uh, presence of mind to bring my package of spring roll rice paper guys what i mean your fresh wraps by the way these are not gonna be fried spring rolls not fried yeah so just the rice paper that's hard that you dip in water for five seconds and then roll up your spring rolls like how you get at a vietnamese restaurant or something but you can buy a package of like a hundred of them for 79 cents or something yeah it couldn't be cheaper so you get out all of your veggies you chop them up into little matchstick not matchstick, but like like uh, something that would fit in a spring roll. Thinly sliced strips, cucumbers, carrots, whatever it is. Chopped up kale, spinach, any type of green. And having the greens are really crucial to kind of filling out the the spring roll and giving yeah. it giving it some. It's it's kind of like filling up a balloon with air. It gives it. It's not just like this weird lumpy thing of right. of like a creepy skin wrapped around cucumbers. It's it helps round it out and give it some some boinginess, as mm-hmm. they say. Um, but yeah, and just we did like little chopped up pieces of pork, whatever it is, even crushed up t- potato chips, mm. tortilla chips, guacamole. It's like when you get the fresh roll, but they have a little bit of the fried egg roll skin inside of it. Exactly. Yeah. A little texture. Crushed up peanuts. Um, yeah, the, the crushed nuts, tofu, eggs. You name it, and you just get 10 bowls, fill up all the bowls with all these little thingies, invite a few friends over. Again, should have checked Facebook that night. Get a big bowl of water and just start dunking, and then you just get loose, and you just start coming up with new ideas, new concoctions. You're clearing the fridge. You're eating vegetables that you may, you were, you know, the cucumber is just going to get old, and you're going to throw it away. Yep. And now it's suddenly like very awesome in here. You and got then, poison out. You got sambal. You got yeah, you got sriracha out. I like I like to make a simple like a, a peanut. Mm-hmm. So just peanut butter, a little hoisin, a little soy sauce, 
and whisk, hit it with a whisk. It'll turn very thick and gloopy. And then you just hit it with cold water. Cold water, yeah. And then it'll just thin it out to your desired thickness. A little sesame oil. A little sesame oil, yeah. And you get to Dunkin'. And it's pretty healthy. <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> pretty healthy, very inexpensive, and very interactive. Yeah. It's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun food activity. So if you're poor and you want to eat veggies, <laughs> spring, fucking spring roll party, man. Just go to Jason's house, take everything he's thrown away in the trash, <laughs> get that from him, bring yeah, it home. Man. Um, and it's a great way to use leftovers. Yeah, highly recommend it. Um, use that shredded chicken from the the roast chicken you haven't finished yet. For yes. No. Yeah. Yes. A little cereal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made one a with Captain Crunch. I made one where I filled it with crushed up tortilla chips and guacamole. And that was it. <laughs> I know it was pretty tight. <laughs> you smoke a little weed beforehand. Yeah. Open your mind. Yeah. Get that third eye going when you're going to make some spring rolls, y'all. And also, Timothy Leary was a huge fan of spring roll <laughs> parties. Yeah? I think so, yeah. <laughs> this, this, is, this is growing. I have another idea. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. For smuggling foods <laughs> into places or movie theaters. Say, if you want chips and guac. Yes. On an airplane, in a movie. You don't want to be the asshole with the bag of chips all crunching and blah, 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 blah. You set out your bowl of guacamole. No one's going to do that. You want that chicken parm sandwich, but you don't want to <laughs> have it stinking the place up. Put it in a rice Literally, smug- you're just smuggling food. Yeah. When we saw Narcos, you get the yeah, Coke, you exactly. wrap it in yeah. something super tight. Super tight. Yes. It seals it up, ready for transport. You put it in the car door. But now, you put your chicken parm in a rice paper... It goes in your girlfriend's purse. I love purse. this idea. Definitely make sure the person you're with carry it with them. Go to the movie there. Or, Don't handle this yourself. Make sure you're passing it off to sandwich. A, an, a fresh roll mule is what Tuna I like sandwich. to call them. Whatever you want. Any type of food you could ever think of. It really is true, though. Caesar salad. Thinking about it, because it's, it, it's such a uh, kind of a zero base. The rice wrap does very little to change the flavor profile of anything other than kind of, if anything, dull it a little bit. Yeah, it's, but that's for the you, most part, flavorless. Yeah, that's where you've got the dipping sauce in. So you've got the little cup of liquid. Make sure it's under three ounces so you get through TSA. <laughs> yeah, dip it in the lotion. Yeah. You want to put, put the mirin and soy sauce in a shampoo bottle <laughs> before you get on the plane. Make sure I the mean, shampoo bottle's clean. Or you could you can incorporate the sauce inside of the spring roll and wrap it up tight if you want. For I'm, only, I'm only the sauce guy, there'll never be enough sauce. I, I agree, that it's egg not roll ideal. But if you're roll. but if you're smuggling, you might need. <laughs> you to. have to get creative. What if you just fill it with popcorn? Just the spr- the skies are the limit. If you're listening to this, tweet me the best thing <laughs> to fill a spring roll wrapper with, and I will talk about it. Next we want episode. picks, not ideas. We want picks. What about, didn't they come up with powdered alcohol? Jesus, no, I've never heard of it. Have you seen that? No. It's a thing. They invented powdered alcohol. I knew they, for a while, I read stories about kids um, inhaling alcohol to avoid the calories. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Like vaporizing alcohol. Yeah, they they invented powdered alcohol. I don't don't know if it's legal, but... Did Did the astronauts invent it? The astronauts. They bring in some of that 12-year Glenlivet in powder form up in the spaceship? Mm-hmm. It, you, 
it's very hard to make powdered alcohol. You, it has to have the atmosphere of a Mars-like. Uh, <laughs> Is that what they found on Mars? That's that's why they're going to yep. Mars, yep. so we could... F- finish the job <laughs> but okay now I'm, my brain is still going on this I, lo- I mean i think it's a great idea i really here, do think it's a really good idea here we go you got the popsicle mold the long cylindrical you fill it with cocaine <laughs> fill it with coke profit <laughs> uh, no you get the popsicle mold it's like the long cylindrical thing yeah like a hot dog shape yeah. or whatever you put a stick in it you fill it up with jello shot you make a cylindrical log of mm. of just alcohol and jello. Mm-hmm. You have that log. It's solidified. It's a solid, mm-hmm. shelf stable. Mm-hmm. Not fully, but it'll it'll stay a solid for a while. Mm-hmm. Wrap it in a spring roll, and you just eat your alcohol. Bring it on a plane. You can have f- five shots of vodka. Yeah, that's a w- horrible idea. In one log. No, I in totally, one, I, one spring I, I jumped off log. this train about 10 seconds ago. And you just start munching. I was so on board the whole time. <laughs> no, it's, technically, you know, that... You make a mojito log out yeah. of jello. Yeah. Wrap it in a spring roll. And you just start munching it. I mean, the truth is, if you really want alcohol that bad on a plane and don't want to pay for it, that could work. Like a TSA would just if you if you kind of saved a, a to go box from like a Chinese food restaurant, like the black bottom clear top ones. Mm-hmm. You just had a bunch of spring rolls that looked like neon purple, and you just mm-hmm. covered a bunch of parsley and scallion on top of it. And you're like, eh, just bring my lunch in. Well, you don't even need feel to feel free do to that. scan it. It's not a liquid. There are no rules for bringing food. I mean, on would the they airplane. start inspecting it and being like, that's a gel? Uh, I don't know. I, I've I've noticed. That you know what you would, you know what the the pro tip would be is to use, and this is really desperate alcoholism, but you wouldn't want to use a colored Jello. You would want to use like a clear gelatin, uh, and you know, like maybe a little sugar if you if you need that sugar in there. Mm, but you wouldn't want. I would you don't imagine want an electric blue spring yeah, roll. Yeah, TSA being like, that's not a spring roll. That's the pro tip. I saw Die Hard 3. You're going to mix that blue one with the red one, and the plane's going down. So I know how this goes. You just get some gelatin powder. Yeah. You pour it into a bucket of of uh, Belvedere. Yep. Definitely. Ooh. Or Grey Goose. <laughs> Belvedere or Grey Goose. Whatever you have. And then you just you just go in. Ciroc, if it's hanging. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then you, then they have so to land. if you got it. And then they have to land the plane early in Boise <laughs> because you become a drunken menace, and TSA police are waiting to pull you off the plane and arrest you. Yeah, if you eat Sounds enough, of, if you eat enough right. Belvedere spring rolls, you will pee in the middle of the aisle <laughs> of of JetBlue Flight eighty seven. Every time you see a YouTube video of somebody getting where they're landing a plane early because somebody's so drunk and so violent. <clears throat> Like they didn't even have the spring roll with them. They <laughs> somehow managed this on their own. Yeah, yeah. Just, so just think the possible, the exponential possibilities of YouTube caught on tape videos of drunk passengers on planes. Everything else will change after this podcast. I'm going to a wedding. <laughs> How many airports are there in the middle of the country that only exist for <laughs> for people <laughs> for who people have drank too much to on flights? Yeah, just like wow. This is the first time we've ever had a plane come down here in, in Bozeman, Montana, or whatever it is. I knew this would pay off. Mm. <laughs> That's gold right there. Yeah. I heard that stew podcast episode, so mm-hmm. I got the land. Yeah, you build, you buy some land somewhere in Kansas. Get that strip. 
you get the strip, and then when they land there, that's when you hit them with the water bottles. You, you got a Taco Bell. Chips. You've got a Taco Bell franchise mm-hmm. right outside the airport. And you can mark you it also up. Own. You can really mark it up. And you've never seen an $18 Chalupa before. <laughs> <laughs> they sell at this airport. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, we have to end this podcast early because I have to go to dinner. All right. But it's not. It's only like eight minutes early. Listeners are suffering. Sorry, listeners, but I think it was a great podcast regardless. If you, if you want more podcasts, just listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to the Belvedere Spring Roll recipe. That's right. Eight minutes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to thestewpodcast.com for all the episodes. If you want to contact us and give us free shit, the email address is there. Um, oh, shit. Yeti. Shoutouts to Yeti. Just need to make sure we mention that. Shoutouts to my friend Rachel, who blessed us with a bottle of Japanese whiskey. Which Jason did not bring over tonight, so I have yet to try it. He said it's fantastic. I also put some in... A spring roll. Not a spring roll. I made a olive oil tres leches cake. Oh, shit. And instead of using like a dark rum or something like that, I just poured in some of that Japanese whiskey. I bet it was great. Super I bet great. It was really good. I'm going to talk about it more next time. I'm trying to perfect the olive oil trace leches. One thing I learned you cannot pour enough leche into that cake. Right. No, it's crazy how much I it poured absorbs. so much gosh darn leche into yeah. this cake, and it was like a third soggy. Yeah, I was at a cooking demo with John and Vinny years ago and one of the things they made was a tres leche cake and they basically just kept saying you need three times the amount of liquid that your eye looks at and thinks it needs because it just is ridiculous how much it absorbs mm-hmm. and, it, and, and absorb it did we all learned all right we're gonna talk about it more next time too once i try the whiskey that jason forgot to bring over we'll see what happens uh if you like the show we would appreciate it if you be a friend and subscribe on itunes give us a nice rating and review and tell a friend tell your friend's mom please because moms love this podcast we love moms shout outs to all of our moms listening jill conaparo jill karen you're out there who else we miss you there's so many moms and you can follow me on social media at them jeans under conaparo has no social media because he's just that dorky i don't have any. i mean he's just that cool nope dorky Dorky. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys.